Brow. Brow. Listen to the kids. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the 36 Chambers of Fatherhood show. I am your host, Scuba Bell, the Papa Dundowder. Swing it over to my other co-host. I am S. Dot Hamilton, a.k.a. Old Head Wiley, <clears throat> doing the things I like to do for all the fathers worldwide. We out here to collect. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Old Head, it's been a minute. How's yes, everything? Oh, it's been beautiful. The kids are good. How was your Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving was swell. Thank you, sir. How was yours? Uh, you know, I... I don't know, man. I'm getting tired of Thanksgiving food. Let's keep it real, man. I, 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 yeah, we need to change the narrative on the on the menu. I'm tired of the turkey, the ham game, and all of that stuff. For me, I want something different. Next year, I'm doing something different. To be honest with you, on Thanksgiving, all I ate was fried chicken and macaroni salad on a paper plate and kept it moving. Why not? Why not? You should do your thing. You know, it's funny. Uh, uh, for years, I would only focus on Thanksgiving based upon what my grandmother made. But now that I'm in my own home, my wife, yo, cooks an amazing turkey, like juicy turkey, like wonderful piece of turkey she's doing her thing with the mashed potatoes and all that we bounced around a few houses we went to some in-laws then we went to my grandmother's house eventually but we started out in my in my house and i have to say that uh yeah this thanksgiving was pretty cool but i agree with you you know create your own menu the whole thing is just sitting down and eating with your family you know yeah man i i I think next year i want to do like some seafood kind of situation. Do I, I don't know. I make it on my Purdue shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Purdue be having on their label, it's like pure chicken breast mixed with red meat. <laughs> 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 they do some wild shit like salmon mixed with uh, shrimp shrimp ribs or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> some some wild shit like that. I don't know. But that's just me. Um, Yo, yo, you! I see you. You were limping a little earlier. What, yeah, what uh, all right, all right. See, old head Wallace. Sometimes he, you know, he don't be doing things right. Um, I was going to work. It's about like five o'clock in the morning, and the night before it rained, so the floor, the ground, of course, is wet. Stairs is wet, so I'm about On to the hit. MTA. Yeah, I'm about to hit the one on one sixteenth Street game, going to Brooklyn. So I'm wearing them Air Max things, you know the the grip on those. They they not even pure like that. <laughs> so I go, I'm walking normal. So I go hit that first step. I felt it, and the, the world just like said, "Nah, we gonna fix you up today. You got an ego problem. We, <laughs> <got> an ego <laughs> problem. <laughs> we need to settle. We, we need to settle you down right now, yo. When I slip." I, I grabbed onto the uh, banister, tried to, you know, break it. But what happened was my left leg, <laughs> the shit went back, <laughs> you know, and the force of my weight jerked me forward. I felt it, and I was like, damn. So I'm on the steps, and there was a lady, like, actually, she was coming down. She was like, you all right? I was like, <laughs> I had to laugh, but I said, yeah, I'm okay. But when I stood up, yeah, I felt it. 
Is is the is the old head wild and creeping up on, on you where you're not like <laughs> you're the not, bones are brittle. The bones are brittle. You're not able to recover as fast enough. Yeah, the heavy nigga bones are setting in. <laughs> yeah, the heavy nigga bones is outski. Outski. Word up. Yo, but, well, I, oh, go ahead, finish. But on. um, you know, I I was able to. I'm able to still walk. I went over the city MD. You know. I mean, I still I got my job, health insurance, but CityMD is cool because they they see me right away. If I would have called my regular, you know, healthcare provider, he'd have been like, oh, "I need to see you like in um December nineteenth. Mm-hmm. What? I'm hurt now. Mm-hmm. See me now. Mm-hmm. Nah, fam, I'm in Costa Rica or something. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, um, so they saw me. They took the X-rays or whatever. Gave me a CD. So now I got to do an MRI. Um, Hopefully it's nothing serious where I got to go under the knife. I really don't want to do the under the knife. I'll see if I could do physical therapy to get it back. But I ain't going to even lie to you, man. Your man can't even squat past like 90 degrees and come up like pop up. Mm Mm-hmm. Without feeling that little, you know, twinge. Yeah, it's give like, yourself some time, man. Just yeah, e- that, that's what this lady said. Yeah. She said it just happened, so you might have to give yourself a couple of months, mm-hmm. you know, to you know, for it to get better. Mm-hmm. I said, I, the crazy thing is, I don't even play sports. Like you would think, like I got these bum knees from playing sports. Nah, man. I don't play no sports. It's been, it's been, it's been a couple years that your knees been taking in, you know, different weights throughout the years, yeah, that, and they yeah, just. That, Weighing down, that true. You moving me that you know, and also me going to the gym when I was doing like a lot of five by five exercise routines. So I'm squatting three hundred pounds, barbells on my you know on my back, leg pressing four eighty. You know, saying all of that comes into play, Mm -hmm. and you don't even realize it. You think I'm good, I'm good, but we tearing up them bones. Be like, yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. Other than that, um. You know, getting getting ready for the end of the year. You uh, you did your Christmas shopping yet? I did some of my Christmas shopping. Um, you know, just you know, slowly knocking everything down. Uh, this week was just a little bit hectic. <clears throat> um, unfortunately, uh, you know, a member of our church passed away. Yes, yes. Yeah. Condolences to that. You know, um, gentleman and his family. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, you know, so um, I'm say his name. Yeah, my man Ubes. He was um he owned and uh worked at his own auto shop, you know, selling cars. <clears throat> really, really good brother, always smiling. His family was a part of the church community. Um, his son was a volunteer. His other two children were, you know, under I guess you could say the class that I teach or whatever. Um, but yeah, regular Saturday, he was at work. There was someone uh disputing over a car payment. And uh, the brother pulled out a gun and shot him three times. Yeah, and uh, at the time, uh, his mother—excuse I mean, me—at the time, his daughter and his wife were in his own place of business. Unfortunately, his life was taken. <clears throat> and when I say this, I'm not a—I'm not a huge uh, religion guy. You know, I'm a spiritual guy. You know, um, and why I, when I say that is the there's a certain tone with Christianity and Christians that I don't like sometimes, you know, way they carry themselves. They come off as like snotty and snooty. This brother did not show any of that, did not show any complaints, always embraced me, embraced my family and his children. 
always embrace me. I watch, like I said, I look over them every Sunday. Always awesome. So it really hurt us that way. So um, shout out to Yoop's family, and um, hopefully he's in a better place. So we're dealing with that. Um, but, you know, we got to continue on. You know, he he, he uh, made his mark on the world. So, yeah. Um, but that's where I'm at this week. But um, we're here. You right, know, we're yeah. here. And um, sorry to get all mellow. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry to get all mellow. But... Um, we're going to continue on with the show. Um, yes, indeed. We have a very special guest with us today. My man, uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Sandler, Sandler Francois. Hey, great day, great day, great day. Peace, Welcome family. to the show. Peace, brother. Peace, 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 brother. Peace, 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 peace. Good to meet you. Peace, peace, family. Um, hey, great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you guys giving me your time. And your talent. What's going on? Nothing much, man. So um, the reason why I brought you onto the show, I am an avid listener of a ton of podcasts. And one of the podcasts that I do listen to avidly is my brother, Premium Pete. So I was listening and you were <clears throat> speaking on your profession, if you want to share that with uh, our guests. Oh, yeah. excuse me, with our listeners. Uh, well, it's all good. It's all good. Um, again, my name is Sam LaFrancois. I'm the uh, owner and principal of uh, Premier Paralegal. Uh, mm -hmm. We're a legal service uh, founded in 2008 in Dumbo, Brooklyn. And the primary core of our service that perhaps you heard me discuss on, on Premium, shout out to Premium Pete. Shout out to Premium, man. That's my G, man. Yeah, yeah. Good dude. Good brother, man. Great heart, man. You know, great, one, great heart. You know, so uh, was divorce. Uh, you know, I categorize myself as a divorce professional. Uh, for the past 10 years, I've been involved in over a thousand divorces. And um, aside from that, uh, there are other legal services I provide, but the core of it, the 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 bread and butter, the thing that pays the bills, that feeds the kids, and that helps people get their life back is our divorce service. Divorce service. Now, um, how did you get in? Well, what, what I guess, what, I don't know how to explain it, but like, or how to pronounce it, or what made you want to be a divorce lawyer? Well, I'll put, I'll put it to you like this. First, I always like to preface there's a difference between what we do at Premier and what a traditional law firm does, right? Whereas when you go into a lawyer's office, uh, it's pretty much like what you see on TV. You know, um, they kind of take over your life. You know, they tell you we're going to get him or we're going to get her. Mm -hmm. And then after that, you know, they kind of sell you the notion of, you know, uh, it looking rosy at the end. Mm -hmm. uh, what we do at Premier first, we offer people the opportunity to get an uncontested divorce where it takes some of the angst and some of the pain out. And allow the husband and wife to go ahead and lead their own divorce. You know, so in Latin, they call it pro se. And simply put, that means self-represented. You know, and the majority of the people that we serve, you know, close to the 1,000 have been uncontested. What we do have in the background are contested attorneys that work with us who, if it is going to be knockout, if it is going to be drag out, if it is going to be something unfortunate that looks like TV, then great, we'll attach you to a contested divorce attorney. You know, we try to keep that to a minimum because at the same time, while we say we want to help people get their life back, a lot of it comes with taking control from the beginning. You decided you were going to get married. Mm. You decided you were going to walk down the aisle and hopefully live the rest of your life with this person. So if it doesn't happen to work out that way, why don't you two decide the terms of how it's going to dissolve? Interesting. That's nice. That's yeah. nice right there. Well, um, now... You ain't getting shit. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, you're a great and amazing guy. Like I said, I listened Thank to a premium P, um, premium P episode and uh, got to know you a little bit better. So I wanted you on the show for many reasons. Uh, 36 Chambers of Fatherhood. Um, we like to be somewhat of a guide for some of our listeners out there who are fathers and some mothers who try to get to, you know, maybe they play with that one single role or they want to know, you know, things on a father's end and, you know, how to get closer with their yeah, significant they wanna, other. Yeah, you they want to know why I rub one out so much. <laughs> 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 but, you know, mainly, you know, when people think divorce, it is, it's it's ugly, it's scary, you know, which it is, you know, it's it's, it, it it's, 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 it's rough, you know, yeah. at the same time. But I wanted you to come on to the show to kind of break down how someone would go about that and what they can do to avoid that, you know, the, the ultimate, you know, um, divorce, you know? Sure. Like, so... Can you t- can you take us from the genesis? Like, all right, whatever people are arguing, they agreed they wanted to get into divorce, or maybe they didn't argue. Whatever. I know there's right. a ton of different scenarios going on. What happens from the beginning? From the beginning, okay. So what happens from the beginning is the part we'll never see. You know, what are the building blocks that led to this this uh, once great institution starting to be something where two people want to establish their life all over again, right? Um, I can guess from experience, and when I say experience, I say from being married for 22 years. I've been married to my beautiful wife, Itaya. Shout out to Itaya. Shout out, Itaya. You know, shout out. And she's even tolerated me six years before that. We've been together for 28 years altogether. Congratulations to you, bro, man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm grateful. And I'll say as a sidebar, all the divorces I've done have made me a better husband, you know, because a lot of times when uh, women, 90% of our client base are women, when they come sit in front of us, uh, we live in a society where people seek out services because in some way, shape, or form, they think you're going to provide it better than what they can do. So Friday night, you don't feel like cooking, so you stop at the Chinese spot, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Not that they can cook better than you, but they can do something, provide you a service faster. You may not feel like doing the laundry, so you're going to go to the, to the spot on the corner and give them your laundry. So a lot of times, people will speak to me as if I have all this figured out. You know, and a lot of times I'll sit there and say, wow, she's talking about me, (laughs) you know, (laughs) so that makes me retool. Right. So but to your question, what I've learned is this. A lot of the times what has led to two people falling apart is something that was never fully established in the first place. And that's communication. Right. This is it's like a it's uh, you we need certain sound bites so we need the flex bomb on there right oh, oh no 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 we, no no no, no 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 we need this thirty six chambers of fatherhood that there that's we the, go that's yes. the sound bite communication now I'm not saying this as a communication um, professional I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put this on air I'm not great at that. So please continue to divulge. Well, you fooled me. You, you seem pretty good. You no, know? no, I mean, I, I'm yeah. good in front of the microphone. And, you know, in a relationship, it made me a little different. You know, so all right, well, well all right. You so deep game. This is what it looks like to me, mm-hmm. right? Communication starts with a, a decision. First, love, love. Okay. All right. If you're going to communicate, there needs to be rooted in love because otherwise, we can communicate all day. You can communicate with people on the subway and just be throwing darts at each other, right? Correct. Um. So communication rooted in love. And my basic definition of love that I got from one of my mentors, who actually was my premarital counselor many moons ago, he said, love is a decision to be committed. You know, so we're not talking about feelings. We're not talking about feelings at all, which a lot of people misconstrue. They say, love is a feeling and I feel bright and, you know, all those things. Love is a decision to be committed, right? Mm-hmm. And that decision to be committed then leads to feelings of attachment, bonding, and nurturing. So first got to make the decision. Then you're going to be committed. 
And then it leads to the feelings. Mm -hmm. You don't get the benefit of the great feelings until after you make the decision and that decision is reflected in your commitment. Mm -hmm. All right. So if you have that, right, then let's start communicating. Let's start communicating. And if we're going to communicate, I'm going to get out of my way. You're going to get out of your way. I'm going to serve you. You're going to serve me. Mm -hmm. Sounds archaic. We live in a time where people don't really like so serve, serve. Even marital vows are kind of being switched up because people don't want to say, you know, things like till death do you part or obey. And fine, you don't have to say those. But at the end of the day, if this is like any other partnership, if this is like no different than the partnership here between you two brothers, mm -hmm. you know, there is a marriage. There is a union that takes place. I love you, Sean. Oh, there you go. Look there at you that. Go. Look, at that. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. You know, and, and they mean it in the most masculine of ways. People. So with that said, when it boils down to what we're talking about, are two people really, really meaningful in their communication to each other? other um because mm. if you're not guess what you'll be 1001 coming mm. to the mm. office so yeah. are you willing to communicate okay so they sat down and you said that 90 percent of your clients are women yep why is that great question I, I wonder that too i really think for the most part the women ah, one we live in a day and age where women tend to put their money where their mouth is you know by the time i meet them they very likely have given the relationship a chance enough chances mm -hmm. right they just have they just have and for some reason uh it just isn't coming together that doesn't necessarily mean it's the other person's fault I'm, I'm sure we all know there are some women as beautiful and wonderful as women are that are just stubborn they say yeah i gave it a chance you didn't come on my side you didn't agree with me enough correct <laughs> you yeah. know and that's when communication plays a part thank you mm -hmm. so but one it tends to be something where Society also, in my opinion, tends to show them like, this is the way out. Whereas possibly our parents, our grandparents, our aunts, our uncles, that wasn't the break glass in case of emergency so quick, right? It mm -hmm. used to have to be something a bit more drastic, like uh, domestic violence. Mm -hmm. You know, even or, then, that was they, they right, right, it, right. It, it stayed under wraps, and yeah. hopefully, they worked it out, right? Mm -hmm. But it tends to be something where it's like, you know what? I'm just not feeling you. You're not feeling me. You're making me feel old. Oh, wow. Mm. You okay. know, the, um, the idea of having kids isn't something that I thought I would do because what did Jay say? Uh, 40s, new 30s, 50s, the new 40. You yeah. know, yeah, yeah. whatever decade you're in is the new decade prior to that, of right? Of course, yeah. So, and a lot of women I see just don't want to call me a traditionalist. They don't want to look like what you would perceive a mother to look like. And having you attached to them sort of ages them. Well, you're not. I, I mean, you, you, yeah. I mean, you're saying the the, the whole traditionalist, but no. Quiet. But at the same time, <laughs> at the same time, I'm taking your word for it because you're sitting down in front of these people and you're having these conversations with these women, right? I tell you what I see, and, and you're just giving your narrative of what you see, right? And it's That's only all. what I see. It's only what you see, and it's only what you have in front of you. So I do appreciate that. So ninety percent of your of of your clientele are women, and you sit down and speak with them now. What is the second step? They sat down with you. Um, do they tell you everything that their partner is doing wrong? or It tends to be that. But at the end of the day, a real basic divorce, you know, can be as plain as black letters on white paper. You know, it's just really all I really need to know is your name, your address, your date of birth, social, perhaps where you work, how many kids you have. You know, things that you can fill out on an application. 
right? Mm-hmm. But when it comes to it, just like when you provide any other service, right, whether you're going to the pharmacy or even talking to the butcher or if you work at the bank, you're going to hear a lot of other things in between. And you have to play the role of maybe not a counselor, but an open ear. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. so you do start to hear the things in between that thus made me see myself and made me a better husband. Mm-hmm. So you do have to collect information and you do have to start to navigate just like in any. Now we're talking business, right? Yeah. In any business relationship. What is this going to be? Is this going to be something where somebody's trying to turn you or in this case me as a tool of revenge? You know, uh, legal professionals tend to be pit bulls, right? I'm gonna get my, I'm gonna sick my person on you. Yeah, you know? I'm, I'm calling my lawyer. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, done. Yeah. So, you're done. So, so it's like, so here's the point where, where, where here's where it comes out. How much do you think I can get in child support? That's the first question that comes out. A lot of times, oh, you know, oh am I entitled to alimony? Oh. Yeah, and I'm like, wait. First, we always preface this, very small but effective staff that I maintain. I'm grateful to my office. Everyone is obligated to ask, are you sure? Really? But first question. And a lot of times you'll hear people aren't sure. So we're big on saying no. I would love it if anyone tested us out and give us a call because you'll hear the same script. Are you sure? How long have you been seeking this divorce? And then you'll hear, well, we had an argument last night. That's emotion. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And you know what? I would probably be a millionaire right now if I kept my door open for everyone just because they had a fight last night. Mm-hmm. You know, but I decided a long time ago if I'm going to feed my kids, if I'm going to be anywhere in that status, is going to be in the long run mm-hmm. because I don't want to inherit, uh, you know, any more gray hairs than what you see me have now. Because I always say each gray hair represents a client that I have at the time because they're going to leave with their baggage and it's their job too. Mm-hmm. Because I encourage them, when you leave here, I want you to feel at least a little bit better leaving some of the burden behind. Mm-hmm. So so what comes with that second question is the fact that you need information, but you tend to get more than what you ask for. <laughs> ask of for. course. All right. All right. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Now, all right. So um, they sit down with you. They say, what can I get in child support? Do I get alimony? What are the next steps after you've asked a question? Are you sure? And someone wants to go forward with that perfect uh is your spouse going to sign where are they in terms of this you know are they on the same page do do the does the spouse ever get mad at you like why are you calling me well i'll say two things no to answer your question but i'll Mm -hmm. tell you we rarely tend to call the spouse unless it's absolutely necessary or our only interaction with the spouse is when we serve them Mm -hmm. which i'll get to that in a second Mm -hmm. so what happens is we ask is your spouse on the same page for most of the time, the spouse tends to be on the same page, and I hate to say it, but on behalf of the male species, a lot of a lot of the brothers, um, men are sensitive, so they tend not to want to meet me, because they think they think they I'm going to judge them, you know. I don't wear a black robe, I can't judge you, and I think even the people with the black robes don't have much of a uh, right to judge you in the first place. <clears throat> but they tend to want to save face a little bit, so their spouse tends to bring the paperwork to them, or we mail it to them. And then all they have to do is sign it in the presence of a notary, you know, the, the affidavit of defendant, the waiver saying that they agree to the divorce going forward, you know, that they agree to whatever spousal support or whatever child support is going to be paid, right? So it's still procedural, right? Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's nothing where it involves a courtroom yet. Um, now. Unless it get ugly. If it gets ugly. And it tends to get ugly when you have to send, not me, mm-hmm. I, I'm not leaving my office for anything, but you get a licensed <laughs> process server, right? 
Um, a person that's uh, licensed by the city or the state can be the sheriff, can be the police department, but we try to keep the police from coming to your place of work mm-hmm. or your home, you know, or catching you while you're picking up the kids from after school. That's embarrassing. Yeah. And I do believe in allowing the man to have his dignity, you know, or the women. Sometimes, hey, we serve women too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that person is going to still have to live a life with you, because, especially if there's blessings in between you call kids. And I, I wouldn't want to play a role in the fact that my office had you served, and that's even more of a reason to drive a wedge between you two because you couldn't let go of the fact that you were embarrassed on your job in front of your boss. Mm-hmm. So I tend not to meet the husbands, you know, or the defendant. Let's be more, let's be more gender neutral, you okay. know. Um, I tend not to meet the uh, spouses because, again, if we put them through the proper steps, our systemized process, we kind of filter out the real from the fake, the people who we feel really, really, really are. Uh, ready to get their life back versus the people that are trying to turn us into tools of revenge, you know. But the second step tends to be involving the uh, other party. All right. Now, uh, what's the end game of all this? You know, with you know, in a certain situation where they sat down, they serve the papers, the person signs the the document, the affidavit. Uh, what's the end game after that? Okay. End what's game. Your, like, like explain your job, like what you would have to do and. Let's say if, you know, one of our listeners is going through this whole situation, what would they have to do next? Do they twiddle their thumbs? Do they, you know, get, you know, <laughs> clear out certain accounts? What do they do? Oh, I love it. You see, because you just said. I've like, seen uh, it uh, many, many of times, but go ahead. I can tell think? you stories, yeah. uh, but we don't have no time for that. But I can tell you this. I'll piggyback on something you just said with reference to the accounts. It's time to separate fact from feeling. Because a lot of times divorces get messy because people's feelings and the fact of what's going on tends to merge and it gets messy. You know, your feelings are real, but your feelings are like oil. The facts are like vinegar. You know, they're just never going to blend. Mm. But, they, but, but they both deserve their place, right? So let's talk about the vinegar, the business. So now that the feelings have come to a point where they're not enough to keep this relationship in place, let's talk about the terms. Let's talk about our bank accounts. And that's tough, too. Because now that you, like you said, you have to separate fact from feeling, not everybody can do that, you know, in the right state of mind. I think even when they're angry, they can't do that. Or even when they're kind of looking at the situation with a blank face and just saying, hey, it is what it is. Right. I I still think you can't even do that because now you're changing your life. You know, if you're divorcing someone. Major. Major. Super major, right? Because you're going from a, a two-household income. Um, you know, um, uh, you have kids, families. You're thinking about everything that you have together. Now you have to sit down with this person that is agreeing to split up with you and figure out how you're going to move, what's your next move. So... Yeah, that has to be tough. And you better pray to God that you um you was doing things right while y'all was together by, you know, uh uh saving up money for yourself, you know. And that's car- when you're like moving ca- away from that. Ca- you're like, Yo, career, you like career wise. Career wise, like, yeah. You know, we've seen it like and, and it's funny, me and my wife was just talking about that, about how a lot of men are homeless. Yes, or move back. Well, homeless, yeah, aka move back in with their parents, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you get with these females, but and then at the same time, you don't build yourself up while you're in these situations. Like, uh, getting a new career to the point that if something happens, 
you could easily in 30 days get a new place. And flip the script, right. Yeah, mm-hmm. and flip the script. And still handle your business. Yeah, exactly. Like, it, you know, um, uh, uh, how should I say it? Uh, there's not a blip. It's like everything that's going smooth. Mm-hmm. You know, Which a lot, I think of, a lot be... of guys don't have, a lot of guys are, are just putting them, they're not really stepping their game up. Mm-hmm. You know, and I wouldn't say just the guys, even females too. Absolutely, because sometimes yeah, they true. get left high yeah. and dry. Very true. They yeah, a lot of females dry. too. Like mm-hmm. you very just, true. you along for the ride because this guy, you know, he was doing all this for you and now he's not there. Now you, and you got children too. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah. And you know where so, it gets weird? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a whole, all right, let's, let's talk about social science a little bit because okay. I've helped people get divorced that were... Just like me, I'm from the project. Shout out to Farragut Project. Shout oh, out. Oh, shout you know, out Farragut. Uh, Farragut Fort Greene. Okay. Um, I've helped people get divorced who are of a lower income level. And at times, you know, the lower income level tends to coincide with a much lower education level. I've helped people uh, at a moderate level and thus the education be the same. And then that I've done a few people that were in the higher tax brackets, right? It never ceases to amaze me where you see certain trends. The higher the income, the higher the education level, the more prepared they were. Hmm. And also, the more they're willing to come together on the same page. You know, because they did understand, this is business now. We can't stand each other. But this is business, where I'll get two very corporate emails. Hello, Sandler, this is so-and-so. You know, and I would just like to know the status of this, that, and the third. And then versus others, like, yo, what's going on? (laughs) Have you heard from so-and-so? Did you serve them yet? And I say, wow, that's very interesting. And, and you get to see the level of preparation that comes with it. It reflects, it reflects how one chose to prepare themselves in life. Yeah. Mm. You know. But to go back to the to the point about it being business, you're going to have to make a decision. Some of the greatest changes in your life are going to be toughest decisions. And again, going back to the black robe, the black robe didn't play a role in you getting married until you decided to get married. And then you went in front of whether it be the minister or the judge. Right. So but you had to decide to put yourself in front of them. Why are you going to decide by default to put yourself in front of them again Mm. in the end? Mm -hmm. And especially since we know for by and large, it's not going to benefit either party. Now, the reason why I say some people, what are you talking about? Of course, she's going to benefit. Of course, she's going to win. It's so easy to say that. But don't you understand? Real negotiation means this. Real fair negotiation in any business means this. You want everything you want. I want everything I want. For it to really be fair, we're both going to get a little bit less than that. We're both going to walk away a little bit pissed off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's fair. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Mm-hmm. So at least come to that point there. Because all you're doing is embarrassing each other in the eyes of the public and the court system. All right. All right, man. Now, uh, moving aside from your business, let's speak about you. Yes. Uh, you've been married for 22 years 22 and been, and been years. together with your wife for 28 years, correct? 28 years. 28 Amazing. years. Amazing. Beautiful. Congratulations to you again I'm grateful. for that. I'm grateful. Now, you also have two children? Four. Four. Two Whoa. times two. <laughs> two times two. I missed that one. What now, is going on? Uh, boy, girl. 
Uh, two boys, two girls. So oh, okay. at both ends, uh, we have a two-year-old girl and a 17-year-old girl and right in the middle. Two-year-old okay. girl? Two-year-old. Yeah, something so happened. didn't stop. I walked in the house one day and there was a baby there. You know what I'm saying? You know, but, uh, but yeah, two, two to 17, right in the middle of my two princes. Uh, you know, 14 as of yesterday. You know, Congratulations and to then, Congratulations. Uh, 11 years old. So now That's like me. Um, my daughter is, uh, well, I got age range from four, 11, 14, 17 now. You know, we're rare, right? You know, yeah. now when we walk down the street with our families, they're like, wow, that's a big family. Mm-hmm. But I came from a family of six. Wow. You know, you know, well, altogether seven, mm-hmm. you know, if you include parents and what have you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that used to be the big family. So now four is the big, three is the big family, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. And two is like, wow, you got two? One is the norm. One yeah. is the new yeah. norm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, one yeah, is the new yeah. norm. Like, yeah. you know. You Every know. time I speak to a friend of mine and they have like one child, I look at them like... With a side eye, I'm like, man, you over here complaining about that? Yeah, you playing yourself. Play yourself. See you later, man. Try this four game when they ask you for the Canada Goose coat. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it's wild because at the end of the day, I'll say this. Uh, each one of them challenged me. Mm-hmm. Each one of the kids challenges me. My my wife, you know, me being a traditionalist, um, I like to see myself as the protector and provider. Of my family, you know, the buck stops here. Not in terms of who's king, but who's obligated to make sure everything's okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, that's you take really, on that responsibility. It, I, I feel like I have no other choice, mm-hmm. so I, I accept it like a crown, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes the crown doesn't mean you sit in the front. The crown means you're the last one to go to bed. The crown means you're the first one to get up in the morning. The mm-hmm. crown means that. You have to do some math, some juggling of the checkbook when everybody's in bed around Christmas time, around holiday time, when the clothes, when the seasons change, right? You yeah. thought you budgeted enough, yeah. but you're like, wow, what happened? <laughs> Why do you need another pair of sneakers seven weeks later? You mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I take I take that on, but I give the ultimate credit to my wife. She really makes me look good, in the sense that. She nurtures the kids, you know, and when I see how wonderful or we're in our neighborhood in Bed-Stuy, shout out Bed-Stuy, uh, when people compliment, you know, how good my kids look, that's really a reflection of what my wife is doing mm-hmm. because I'm tearing up the streets doing what I have to do mm-hmm. to provide. So, you know. So How, how was uh, your household like? Uh, well, growing up, I'm sorry. How was your household growing up? You said you had how many brothers and sisters? I had two brothers, two sisters, and adopted brother as well. Oh, nice. You know, so um, I was born from Haitian parents, San LaFrancois. You hey, know. I'm a Harard, man. You and I, there on? you go. All right, you there see? we go. How we yeah, doing? Haiti. So, so with that being said, um, you're very familiar. Uh, very rigid household. My my dad, my dad was pretty dope. Um, you know, my mom was pretty much loving, but the enforcer. You know, stay at home mom, right? My dad was what we would call, uh, somebody called him this. Uh, it, it was funny and cool back then, but and these days and times, you'll get what I mean. He was called the Haitian Bill Cosby back in the day. <laughs> he ain't the Haitian Bill Cosby now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, um, but he was just that cool dude that everybody would even call him Poppy. Mm-hmm. You, you know, so when I would walk around with my dad, you know, walking through Farragut, going to the car and like people say, hey, Poppy, Poppy, where are you going today? Oh, mm-hmm. And people would say to me, yo, Sally, you're so fun, um, fortunate, man. Mm-hmm. You know, you be with your pops all the time. You mm-hmm. know, so some of the greatest memories I have with my pops was going to get a sandwich and mm-hmm. sitting in the car while my, my siblings had to stay home. You know, my father always took me out every Saturday. So very impactful moments in, in how we came up. We were weren't you, were you the oldest or I'm oldest of the boys. Oldest of the oldest boys. Oldest of the so boys. So he had to make sure he taught you 
certain lessons in life. Yeah, and yeah, I have my knucklehead years. You know, um, you know, if this was another podcast, another time, we can go as deep as you want into it. I was actually on my own from the time I was sixteen. Okay, like I, me. Okay, no, I was too. Okay, I, mm-hmm. a, a little, a little unruly. A little out of control. Mm-hmm. It happens. You mm-hmm. know, because you didn't want to follow the rigid rules. You know, mm-hmm. I wanted to hang out with, with Bumpy and them, you know. Bumpy and them. <laughs> Bumpy and them, you know, right. run through Brooklyn Heights terrorizing people. Right. You know, um, and then they just wasn't having it because they were like, you have a younger brother that's watching you. Mm-hmm. You know, your two older sisters, they can't tell you anything. You know, and now we have Derek, you know, my youngest brother, um, who's, this was, this show you how dope my parents are. My brother Derek, um, uh, severely retarded and autistic, mm. and my parents uh, adopted him. And he's my brother. Mm-hmm. He's my brother. And I didn't realize how incredibly dope that was of two people to do until you get older. Speaking about that, where, that's a big commitment. That right is a there. big commitment. So, what made them jump into that? Like, where was Derek from? He was was he a family member? Or no, was he... Derek. Derek was um, a victim. Uh, you know, was born from a mother who was addicted to drugs, mm-hmm. right? And at first, you know, I used to play myself because there was a time coming up. I'm sure it probably exists now too, where a parent, a family would take in foster kids because with that foster kid would come a nice check, you know. Mm -hmm. So there were times where our family was doing really good. That supplemental income really, really helped because at one point the city would bless you Mm -hmm. with money, you know. Mm -hmm. And the more uh, issues the child had, the more they would bless you, right? But at some point, uh, the money stopped. I don't know what happened, whether it's uh, uh, governmental changes or whatever, maybe some, some the, the foster got turned off. And they had the option to send him back to the foster uh, care agency. My parents said no. They said he's been with us since he was like, what, six months old? And how old was he at the time? That Derek was probably about 13. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. 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 And it was like, he's with us. Like, he is a part, he's in family pictures. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, how do you how rationalize do you that? You know what I'm saying? Right, right. This ain't something like, here, take back this uh, this VHS tape. We watched right. it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, so it's like, so, but you don't realize in, in, until much later in your own life, you know, that's that was dope. That was incredible. Mm-hmm. That was, I was just look like, hey, he just. How old is Derek now? Derek's 28. Okay, Derek's mm-hmm. twenty eight. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, so it's it's incredible just to watch how that nurturing came about because his life could have been very different. Absolutely, you know. So wow, shouts to your parents, man. Yeah, I'm grateful yeah. they they the people's right there. The blueprint. That's the blueprint yeah. right there. That's, that's the exactly what we were trying to get at. So you saw that blueprint. Uh, blueprint. Excuse me. Get your, and then get uh, your thoughts together. Yeah, over my, here. yeah, I'm busy in my mind. So you saw that blueprint. When did you meet your wife? When I was 14. 14 years old. When I was 14. It was see, crazy. And, and was it in the park? Was it in school? Nah, you know what's you know what's crazy about it? Um I was I was actually um uh, I'm preparing a talk about that has that explains it uh, that I'm gonna be given soon. Uh but what happened was my mother, who was very much that Haitian mom who one didn't speak uh still doesn't speak fluent English, right? Mm-hmm. You know, uh connected with this woman, you know, from the eighth floor, my family's from the twelfth floor, somehow while she says hi and bye to everybody else, her and this woman gelled. You Is know, that other woman Haitian or no from South Carolina. You oh, know, wow. and the other woman uh, somehow my mom and this other one became so cool. Kind of fast forward a little bit, where the woman was going away with her husband, and she didn't want to leave her two kids, you know, alone in the apartment. So she said, "Can you watch these kids while wherever they had to go?" My mother said, "Cool." She said, two people are gonna stay over here." 
And I said, who's going to stay over here? I'm breaking out to go stay at my aunt's place. Yeah. You know, so I don't want to share yeah, my toys. Like, Who are these people? I don't want to yeah. wait for the bathroom yeah. time. And I was starting yeah. to wild out, too. Yeah. So I'm like, who's going to be up in here? Right? Mm-hmm. So as I'm packing, uh, the door opens, lets him in. Beautiful girl, her brother. And I bugged out. I was like, wow, I don't believe my mom says somebody as dope as this into the apartment. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, the apartment look nasty. And these people look all nice and cool. You know, you're always growing up, especially a lot of us, if you grew up and you didn't have a lot, you like, you kind self-conscious. of- Self-conscious. Yeah, yeah, very mm-hmm. self-conscious of, of what you have. It's cool when it's just you and the fam, but when other people come in, you're like, wow, do we look all right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. That kind of thing. Get the pond, get the pond, do yeah, the floors, get the floors. But yes. all of a sudden, I decided to stay. And my mother saw it. She was like, oh, so you want to stay now? You're not going to Aunt Betsy's house, huh? Mm-hmm. You know? And I was like, yeah, I'm staying, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, long story short, that girl who was supposed to spend a few, spend a few days only ended up spending one day because her mother and father ended up coming back. They didn't have to go away after all. Mm-hmm. So that next day when I came home from school, it, everyone went to bed. The next day, they went to school. I said, all right, this is what I'm going to do. You know, I'm going to talk to her when she gets to, to our place and just try to see what's up for her. She was gone. Oh, you were sick. I was done. Oh. Now, here's the bug out real quick. I lived on the 12th floor. She lived on the 8th floor. I didn't see her for another two years after that. Our schedules were so different. It's like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like that. Even Four now, floors. like you live in the building, you know, you don't really see people. It's, it's weird. And then, but it took the, that amount of time for me to finally ask her to be my girlfriend, quote unquote, and... That's been the rest is the rest been history. Yeah. Where were you at in life when you had your first child? Or should I say, where were you at in life when you got married? Did you have a child and then you got married? Or did you get married first and then have a child? Married first. I got married when I was 20. You know, oh, got nice. married when I was 20. Um, I wouldn't necessarily tell my kids to get married at 20. Just about to ask you that. No, nah, you know what? I think it's it's just so individualistic that I needed to. My wife, I for the longest time, I I tagged my wife as being the innocence that I lost a long time ago. Because straight church girl, you know, that was the only way I can get to be around her was by going to church. You know what I'm saying? So I would chase her to church or follow her to church, right? Yeah. And then uh, that would be, and that led to a lot of straightening out for me. You, you had know? to iron out your own problems. Exactly. Your own self-awareness. My right isms now. and what have mm-hmm. you. Um, but I was still living on my own and what have you. But uh, six years later... Uh, got married at, at 20. I asked, again, the same Reverend who's been a great uh, influence in my life. I asked him for the blessing because I wasn't cool with my parents at the time. So I was like, you're the only person I got. What do you think? You know. Mm-hmm. And he asked me a very key question. He said, I hope you're not doing this because you feel lonely. And I remember we were sitting at... You guys know Brooklyn, yeah. you know mm-hmm. Pratt, Pratt University, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and it has an open campus, and used to be able, you used to be able to walk up in there any time of day or night and sit there. We sat there, and he said, "I hope you're not doing it because you're lonely." It was like after twelve at night, you know. And I said, "No," I said, "You know, I'm really kind of feeling her." And he was like, "You know, that's not normal, right? Being twenty years old, getting married." <laughs> um, <laughs> a reverend broke it down to you, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, "He gave me his blessing, and that's all I needed. That just to feel like I wasn't bugging, mm-hmm. you know, and." My mother, who became my mother-in-law, I was broke, fam. I was broke. She gave me her ring to that would prove to be the first engagement ring that I offered my wife. Well, That's you dope. know what's dope about That's... that is that you did enough work with not only your wife, but with her family for them to trust that... you to say, all right, you know what? This dude doesn't have anything. 
but he obviously has love for our daughter. That was and that yeah. was crazy. I can't at twenty see, years old. Yeah, too. At twenty. Years I can't old, see yeah. that happening now because I have a seventeen-year-old and I'm looking at her, and I say, I say, I look at even my son who's fourteen. I say, when I was your age, I was crazy. Mm-hmm. I was crazy. Isn't that crazy? How you look at your kids and you think about where you were. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're like. How in the world could you contend in this world when I thought I had it figured out? I know you lost. And your friends don't got resources neither. Right. They all washed up. Right. <laughs> just like you. They you know. Like you. So so it was just it's interesting. That's where I do think, you know, however we believe in creation, God, whatever you want to call it, the dots will definitely connect if you're making the right moves. And I think I'm I'm a beneficiary of that. That's dope, man. That's amazing. So, uh, where were you? Where were you and your wife at when you had your first child? And was this the girl? Girl, Jalen, Jalen, Jalen. Shout Jalen, Jaden, Jalil, Jocelyn. You know, I gotta give them the all J's. Six. The J's, four J's. Mm-hmm. Um, Jalen, I was working at a law firm. I was a law clerk. You know, and on the side, I guess you know, just to fit into the uh, how how this works, being on thirty six chambers. Um, I thought I was gonna be a rapper. One day, you know, like, yeah, like a lot of us in the yeah, 90s, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? After, you know, so I was working as a law clerk during the day uh, and I was rhyming at night. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I was scared to get on stage. So no way I was ever going to become a rapper being scared to get on stage. But mm-hmm. I go to the studio all the time mm-hmm. and I was at a friend of mine's studio and my wife called me and she was just blowing up my phone. And, you know, I'm trying to rhyme, right? mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. I got my pen and my paper. Like, <laughs> you know? relax. And, I'm, and so I pick up the phone. We we uh, we took a break. And then she hit me. She was like, uh, I'm pregnant. Everything changed. Everything. Mindset. Everything. 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 It was almost like, wow, you just, I don't want to feel like rhyming no more. You yeah. know. Um, I kept going. and But it was very much my daughter. Uh, my when I when I realized I wasn't gonna be a rapper anymore, right? <laughs> um, I end up I end up thinking I was gonna be a studio engineer. So I had a little studio in Dumbo in mm-hmm. Brooklyn. That's coincidentally around the corner from where the office is now. Beautiful, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, so I had a studio, and I'd be there late night, and that's where I knew I really loved connecting with people. Mm-hmm. You know, wasn't a great studio engineer at all. You know, but I had people come in place and just uh, took over. Right, so I just owned the studio, managed it, ran it, collected the money, uh, brought in talent, and long story short, what would happen is my wife would blow up the phone after about eleven, twelve o'clock at night. Yeah, you know, we had the studio phone hooked up where the lights would blink, so it wouldn't, so it wouldn't ring when the mic was hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the lights would blink, the lights, and every time it blinked, they would go, "Sam, that's probably your wife, man." <laughs> <laughs> and the I would tell her, don't do this. Don't do this. I'm trying to, you know, I'm making money from doing yeah, this. Yeah, I'm trying to work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what she did one night, and I never forgot that changed that, changed that was she put Jalen on the phone. She's like, daddy? Daddy? And all she said was, home. Mm-hmm. I was right like, there. it's a wrap. I was like, I looked around. The studio session continued, but I looked around. I was like, you guys don't know what just happened. This yeah. thing is a wrap. Yeah, my life just changed. Yeah. Man, you could have been, man, you could have been hitting them balls, man. I'd have been like, oh, sending them some beats, man. Like, yo, man. Don't don't give up. Yeah, but it's crazy how how things change, you know, because, and again, I wouldn't tell other people to do that too. If their kid did that, I'd be like, is this really in your heart? Then keep doing it. You just got to balance it. At the time, that was in your heart. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it worked out, you know. I'm grateful. Because yeah. gra- you know what happened? Because when that started shutting down, 
uh, my clients would say to me, they was like, you always come here dressed up. And then you switch up into your hoodie and everything. It was like, don't you work at some law office or something like that? You know, as I was telling like, listen, I'm wrapping this up, you mm-hmm. know. Um, they was like, can you look at this contract for me? Can you do this? Because at that point, I decided I don't want to work for anyone, mm-hmm. you know. And I said, how am I going to, you know, pay the rent? You know, how am I going to figure this out? So my clients actually started offering me little jobs to do. And that's where I had to learn how to start charging people myself. Because when you look, when we work for a big uh, law office, they take care of all that. You just have to do the work. I just get the paycheck. Right. So now I had to turn into someone that says, this is worth this, which is really you determining the value of yourself. Right. Mm. Which is always the hardest thing when you're in business, yeah. right? Like, how much am I worth? Because I know these people charge this, but I'm not these people. I don't have a big brick building around me. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have a brand yet. You know, and you don't even know what a brand is, right? You know, you're just going. Yeah, so I'm like, uh, hundred dollars. <laughs> you, know? you know, and meanwhile, somebody else is charging five hundred dollars for your talent. You mm-hmm. know? So, right. and then it became what you have now. Nice. Know? It flipped into divorces. <laughs> they flipped into divorces. That's amazing. At what point did you go to school through all this? With four kids. Throughout the time, well, high school proved to be not only a place of refuge, but you know, the place that I went to Brooklyn Tech. Mm-hmm. You know, so that proved to be a great place for because I didn't have somewhere to live. I didn't have somewhere to shower, you know, between sleeping on friends' couches. Sometimes I slept at my girlfriend who became my wife's place. I didn't have a main place to stay. So school was where it was at, you know, uh, between that, then Brooklyn Tech, Brooklyn College, everything's been Brooklyn straight through, mm-hmm. you know. So it always proved to be a place where I can eat. Student loans were in effect. So I maxed out on every financial aid package and every student loan to pay my rent, my little rooms that I was renting at the time when mm-hmm. I could start affording them. Mm-hmm. And then things started to come to the church helped me a lot. Beautiful. The church helped me a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, so again, shout out to, you know, Reverend Taylor. Uh, that helped me out a lot because you didn't, again, it's about the dots connecting. I only did what I knew how to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't try to go outside the box, and I'm not trying to act like I was someone so, that was so forward thinking. You only did what was in front of you. I was like, go to school, love this girl, you know, and then as you got married, all right, now I'm married, let me figure this out, you mm-hmm. know. I never tried to really stray outside of whatever I felt was natural to me. And then it, it's sort of connected. Nice. It's beautiful how that works out, right? Yeah. You said. And at the, I'm, I'm only assuming, well, just from what you're giving me, that you didn't really have like a set plan. You were just moving as the dots started to no kind of- No plan. No plan, right? No plan. The dots started popping up. You're like, yo, I'm going to connect this one with this one. Right, right. I'm going to connect that one with that one. And it just all kind of just came together. And here you are. Exactly. What did but they at say? At the same time, it's the hustle you put the in. The hustle, of course. The that, hustle I'll that say that's in. the one thing. Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah. I'm not, you know, my daughter, uh, our oldest, Jalen, she just got, you know, parent teachers conference just came and went, right? So mm-hmm. we, while I went to my son's actual parent teacher conference at his school, you know, they allow you to do it over the phone now, too. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's actually kind of dope, you know, especially when you don't think you're going to hear anything crazy. You're like, all right, let's handle this one over the phone, you yeah. know? Um, so hers over the phone as I was sitting outside our son's high school, uh, just as a matter of fact. And when I heard one thing about her, uh, that the, that the teacher said, I said, wow. I said, she's good and she's going to be good. They said, your daughter's persistent. He said, while other people kind of, other students kind of dropped the ball and like, ah, I ain't feeling this. You know, I ain't got it. I ain't knocking out the park first time. Uh, he said, Everyone sees she keeps coming back to the plate. And I'll say, not chip off the old block, but I'll say, <laughs> that's really beyond intelligence. I'm more persistent. 
Yeah. I was just about to use that as a reference because I, I was listening to your episode on Premium Pete. Right. When this is this is me just all right, cool, premium bought on a, a divorce lawyer. I always listen to his, his episodes, but I was just like, This is dope, let me uh listen to this. And um what you explained was that you would be out there hustling, pulling out your business cards, no doubt. pulling out your flyers. But the one thing about that was is that my man over here was bringing his daughter. Yeah, the kids was, yeah. was pushing them, yeah. pushing them things out. Because I ain't have nobody. And you know what? One thing I'm big on, um, this is something I got from my father. Mm-hmm. I remember sitting down, seeing my father do two things that had a tremendous had have had a tremendous impact. One, my father used to work somewhere out in some factory out in Long Island, Valley Stream. They, I think they even called it Valley Forge. My father would get up mad early in the morning, and my bedroom was directly in line to the kitchen and the kitchen table. My father would get up super early, earlier than he had to, just to spend at least 30 minutes to hang out and talk with my mother. Either make her laugh, talk about supermarket stuff, money, um, argue. You know, like, I'm going to get in these words before I break out because I can <laughs> see you all day. I'm going to let you have it, you know. Um, and I would be in line sight just to see it every day. And just like, that was always dope to me. That's one. Number two, my father came to this country like a lot of immigrant parents, he didn't have the most uh, the most supreme education, but he ended up going to get his GED. And it was weird because here I am a kid, and I was like, he's going to LIU, Long Island University, to get something called a GED. So I thought a GED was like a, a really souped-up college degree or something like that. And LIU <laughs> was in uh, Brooklyn. Right, mm-hmm. right. You know, So he would leave his job and then go get his GED, and I would watch him as he's trying to figure. Now, in hindsight, he couldn't even really read this stuff. So he forced himself to understand it, and I would watch my father's head droop down, start going to sleep, and then I would go walk up to him and say, Poppy, Poppy, you should go to sleep. He said, no, leave me alone. Leave me alone. Go back to your bed. And I was like, wow, that hurt. But in hindsight, he was studying. And when he got his GED, I saw how he was lit up. And I th- you, for years, I thought it was a college diploma. Mm-hmm. you know. But it was, it was just as strong. So again, the persistence, I saw it. Mm-hmm. I saw it. you know. So... I see that in our daughter, and I'll think that's the that's the most important talent, if the, if not the only talent that I have. That's, that's the that's the best talent to have to be persistent because somebody that could change her life could be standing right next to her, and if she see that, I'm like, yo, I need to talk to this person, mm-hmm. and then he may brush her off like, nah, nah, get out of here, nah. Next time she may see him again, yo, da 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 da, yo, let's talk. Mm-hmm. That person may be like, yo, all right, you know what? I like your energy. Before I brushed you off, but I like how you came back. And this time you came back a little bit better. A little more and, polished. A little more polished. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And let's do business. And she saw me go, she seen me get dissed. She see, I, I I did all kind of wild promotion. I used to have a big sign. Like a big, like wooden stick sign that had like big, I forgot what, what they call these signs, but a big white sign, red letters say, get divorced. And I'd be holding it up <laughs> on the corner of Nostrand and Fulton. And then sometimes she'd be standing there. And See, people, man, that's, 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 and that's people that's true hustle. all for me. Like, what are you doing? Are you divorcing the whole black community? I was like, what are you talking about? And, yeah. and she'd be seeing, she'd watch this. These and, arguments, and I was these like, interactions. Wow. I was yeah. like, should she be seeing all this? Mm-hmm. And then I said, just give these out. <laughs> just give yeah, out these yeah. cards. But I see... You know, while it may not have been the greatest marketing idea, you know, the impact, you know, the impact. Sometimes you think it's so much about, like, I need to hold up this sign so I could pay these bills. Mm. When really you're just planting the seed in her. The seed that you're planting in her. Mm-hmm. You may have been holding up that sign unbeknownst to you. 
just to affect what she's going to end up doing. You know, and were you thinking that at that time? No. Of course I was like, not, I got to right? pay my rent. <laughs> I was like, yo, I'm broke. I, look, this is the only thing I can afford is a sign and some flyers, yo. You know, I was like. Pass these around, yeah, baby. Yeah, you better do something with this. <laughs> How you going you gonna to eat flyers tonight? <laughs> but that's good, though, because, you know, when I was coming up, stuff like that was like, oh. You out on the block with the with the sign, you get snapped on, mm-hmm. you know, for doing stuff like that. But now in this day and time, it's like when kids see the hustle, they gonna they gonna wanna do it too. I'm like, yo, my dad was out there with the stick game, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Uh, no push, strength. And arguing with people. Word that's that's he, what I wanna do. He was by Golden Crust getting it right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm in front of KFC, really. Right. In front of KFC. I went to Golden Crust to get my patties and take a break. You know what I'm saying? Take a break he, from arguing. It was like, you got me in the crust the street. Hold up that sign. Like, Don't worry about it. Talk about it. Just, just pass me my food. <laughs> that's that. You instill her that um, have no fear. Of you know anything you want to do, just go out and go do it. You say, hey yo, I want to be the best, whatever you want to be, mm-hmm. and don't have. I want to be a rock star. Right. So you know what a rock star does. You got to go on stage. You got to perform. You got to say, yo, I'm gonna be in malls performing. I'm gonna be singing on the train station. I mean, singing in the train station on the train. That's real. With no fear. Mm-hmm. Like that's why. Even though it's a little bit annoying to me, and it's annoying to the city, you know, got people, you know, break dancing and all that inside the um the train car. And sometimes I, I look at them and I'm like, yo, when we were young and teenagers, we ain't do none of this shit. Right. So that like you doing that shit, you get snapped on. You bum ass nigga, be come on, <laughs> dance on a train with the filthy ass Adidas shell toes on. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Now it's like. Yo, that's the way they getting their money, and you can't even you can't even say nothing about it. You gotta be can't like, knock. yo, you know what? I can't knock your hustle, man. And on top of that, you doing a little bit more than what I was doing. And if I had, if I was fearless like you, I'd probably be through the roof right now. You know, I'd probably be in a wraith with stars, <laughs> like you know what I'm saying, <laughs> right now, because it's that fear that we all have, right. and like our parents. They didn't really, it's the manual. They didn't give us the manual. They was trying to raise us the best they can. But a lot of things kind of held us back whether or not it was depending on the people you were around. Mm. You know, if you wasn't around go-getters like that, if you was around everybody that's too cool for school, guess what? You're going to be too cool for school. Real talk. Yeah. You know, if you wasn't around kids that had dirty sneakers like you, Come on, you know what's going to happen to you? Yeah, of course. You're going to get screamed out the building. <laughs> and and it takes building. a lot to have that <laughs> that 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 self-activated switch, mm-hmm. you know, and then to keep it on. Yeah, at thing. all times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's yeah. why that's like thing. when my well, that's, that's why when Kennedy when she be doing, that's my daughter, that's my 4-year-old oh, that's daughter. Dope. That's dope. Um shout out to Kennedy. Yeah, shout shouts out to Kennedy. Kennedy. Um and shouts to his his son is uh, Kennedy named Kennedy well. too. Oh, dope! Yeah, Three old boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Shout out to Kennedy, uh, uh, Kennedy uh, Square. Two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, when she does a lot of things, I I just sit there. I don't say nothing. Let her have that. Yeah. She say she be like that, and I want to be a rock star. She tells me this all the time. I let her, you know, she fakes like she's air guitaring and all of that oh, stuff. That's I, yeah, I just sit there and be like good keep practicing 
I just try to keep practicing. I I watch her all the time go through these little you know moments of like that I wish I had when I was young, being fearless. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's what it's about. The persistence is fearless. Like yo, I'm gonna keep doing this. I don't care how many times I fail. I'm gonna keep rocking mm-hmm. until I get out there. A lot of people have that, mm-hmm. and then there's a lot of people that don't. Mm-hmm. And when you have a child that you see it, you see the moment, you see that energy that they have, don't stop them. Don't tell them to sit down and be quiet and stop what you're doing, unless it's hurting somebody, unless it's hurting right, right, them. Right, 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 Unless you know, they're, they're, they're busting out karate moves. <laughs> right. <laughs> karate chopping somebody in the neck and screw. Right. Or, 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 or like me doing the worm in church when I should be, you know. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not, yeah, I, I was, listen, man, I'll tell you about I was a straight knucklehead when I was young. You know, um, got older, still a knucklehead. I'm old. I'm still a knucklehead <laughs> at some point. You know, but I mean, I'm I'm having fun with my life. But when I was young, I, I you know, there's a lot of things that I, I wish I could do. You know, had done differently. We so, all do. Yeah. yeah so now looking at my four year old, I just let her be you, and that's it. Piggybacking off of that, mm-hmm. you made all these moves with this now 17-year-old, correct? Right. Then there's a three-year difference between her and her brother. 14-year-old. 14-year-old. At the time when you had her brother, were you still on that hustle mode? Very much so. I'll say, uh, if truth be told, it's sort of adjusted. I don't want to say watered down. As the kids got older, I'll say this: a good, a good. Uh, you were still from, hustling, but oh, no not, doubt. Not but it was different because now, yeah, exactly. three years later, now I have an office. Okay. You know, so mm-hmm. it's like now he has to come see me, pick up the phone, and meanwhile, the office looks like a big playground to him. Like, oh, let me mess with the stapler, mate. Let me do this. We're not mm-hmm. in the streets where all he has to do is look at me and say, "Why are we out here?" Yeah. You know, so it became a little different for him. But I started to tap into him a little older. Mm-hmm. Like, you see your sneakers? You see what you're wearing? You want to know how this materializes? You know, it's for me doing this because I work at home a lot. Mm-hmm. I say, you see this? I took my son out uh, in the style, you know, style's like mix, a lot of things going on. One block, it'll be millionaire block. The next block, like, yo, what are you living over here for? <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, and sometimes the big police stretch bus comes out when it gets kind of crazy sometimes, especially during the summer. Of course. I, I took my son out. I said, look, that's what we're going to do. Come outside. Because he was like, what are taxes? And I said, you want to know what taxes are? I said, come with me. And so went outside, saw a police officer, all due respect. And I said to the officer, I said, officer, can I talk to you for a second? He said, sure. And I said, it's my son. You know? And he nodded at my son. I said, son, you see officer, whatever his name is? I said, he works for me. I said, the money I pay in taxes, the money that you can't get that I have to give to the government on that paper because it was tax time, I said, that goes into his pocket. I said, so his job is to protect you. And I said, so what I do is not only do I employ the people at the office, but I employ him too. Now, the officer looked at me kind of twisted, like, Dag, man, I, ain't t- I thought you was going to tell me just dap your son up yeah, and take a picture. Yeah, yeah. wrong with you? He's like, yeah, what are you doing? But it was something where I had to show him something a little different from my daughter, independence. What it's like, this is what it looks like when you really grind on your own. Mm-hmm. She already knew persistence, like, I, I'm just going to keep doing it. I've seen my father do it. Him, it was more about not being reliant Mm-hmm. Because, you know, some of our boys could be mama's boys, right? And you want to start, in my opinion, you know each one of your children. And I started seeing uh, something in him that was brilliant, but something in him that may be a little too attached. 
you know, so I said, I need to start showing him what independence looks like mm-hmm. and what it's like to, while we all live on the same planet, we all create our own worlds, mm. you know. And it was important that he started seeing that from that vantage point because he doesn't remember what it was like to be in the projects. Our daughter does. Mm-hmm. Our daughter remembers. when My parents were still living in the projects up until a certain point recently. And there were times we would go with the kids, especially the two boys. The baby, she, we were carrying her so she doesn't see any. It's like, oh, this is piss on the floor. Is, it, is this pee? Mm-hmm. I'm like, are you crazy? We lived here. Yeah. Our daughter, Jalen, she would just look like, yeah. Yeah, it's like, be happy we don't live here anymore. Yeah. But these boys were, you would say, cushioned or bougie. They're like, I don't believe we're coming here. <laughs> Why don't mm-hmm. the grandma and grandpa come visit us? Yeah. You know, um, but they had to understand what independence was. And so with our next son, Lee, his thing is more of him understanding what it's like to just take care of himself. Not from an independent angle, but more just being a boy that's growing up in the world because uh, he's diagnosed as being autistic. Mm-hmm. You know, so being someone that understands how his uniqueness in the world um, is not a detriment. It's actually an asset to the world. Because while Jalen, we you brainwash your kids because the world's going to try and brainwash them in a negative way. Mm. So Jalen's the creative teaching diva. She's the oldest one. Jaden's the scientist who's determined to go to NYU. Our son, Lee, when we said, all right, it's your turn. Once a year, we have them fill out something and say, what do you want to do? What do you want to be? What's your favorite food this year? Last year was this. And each and every year consistently... He writes down, I just want to have a family. He wants to be a dad. He wants to be married. He doesn't want to take over the world. He doesn't want to be president. He doesn't want to, all those nice law, doctor, lawyer. He said, I just want to have a job where I could take care of my family. And this is from his life, his current life experience. And that amazes me. Watching. That amazes me. Mm-hmm. So your children are always, always Always watching. Always. Yeah, yeah. Always. It's funny because, you know, you talk about hustle mode, how you were out in the streets with the the stick and saying, you know, divorce now. Get divorced. Get divorced. (laughs) Um, I was at the time, you know, my oldest was like two or three years old. I was selling cars. So every Thursday I would have off. So some Thursdays, you know, hey, man, I got to sell a car because I got to deliver this. I don't want anybody else to do it because I want to do it with my little touch because people always come back to you. Uh, They send their family members, whatever have you. So I would usually bring him with me on that Thursday and to get the car ready, we'll drop it off. I'll drive, drive him in the front. And, you know, I'm like, don't tell your mom. And he's like, all right. You know, we'll drive it down down the uh, the parking lot, give it to the guys to get it washed, and I'll explain it to him. Now, growing up, you know, just seeing him now, he will he still remembers that stuff, you know? Remember when I was driving in the, in the front car and you were doing this? And even before he would go to school, let's say if I had a closing like at 9.30 a.m., I'll tell my bosses, like, yo, I got to bring him because I got to close this. He's going to be over here to the side coloring. And he'll just be sitting there coloring, watching with the cars. And he just, yeah, of course, you know, you're three years old. You think it's the coolest job in the world. Me, I hated it because, right. you know, <laughs> I, I, slightly, you know what I'm saying? It was, it was fun. You know, you got your freedom, whatever. But, um, yeah, he thought it was the coolest job in the world. You get to ride cars. You get to laugh with people because that's all he saw me doing was laughing and all that other stuff. So, yeah, he was just like, yeah, this is the coolest job in the world. But, you know... Just little things, you know, it's little nuances that I see that he cat he caught on to. Mm. Being a people person before he was a little shy. Now that he sees that, you know, whenever he steps into my office, like just today, I introduced him to some someone. 
he stepped into the office to say hello rather than staying out of it. And then who was watching? His younger brother. Younger brother steps into the office. Hi. Hi, how are you? Dope. You know? Dope. So it's like, I always find that interesting. I always like to get grab a different perspective from, you know, anyone, any father. You know, little things that we want to teach our children, but we're not, we don't know that we're teaching them. Right. So it's dope that you could listen to your, to your daughter's teachers and they tell you, yo, she don't stop. And you're like, damn, where the hell she got that from? Oh, she was out in, you know, Brooklyn when I'm over here arguing with people about getting divorced. Right. And you don't right. even think about it. You don't even you know? thinking about it. So that's amazing to me, man, that, that you saw your dad in your life. Very and, much so. Yeah, saw your dad in your life, stepped out a little bit to, you know, gain your own perspective on life. And then still, you still gained a father with the reverend, you know. But um, you've been an amazing guest. I appreciate I you. really do Thank appreciate you. the time Thank that you, you gave us today. I appreciate the jewels that you gave us, not only about how to be a better man in the family, but also, hey, sometimes things aren't always perfect and right. we do have to kind of snip, snip and, you know, cut things in half. Um, is there anything that you want to leave our listeners uh, where they could follow you? Maybe someone has some questions about yes. a sure. process. Give all the information, Please. the phone, divorce, sure. divorce. Sure, sure. I'm gonna divorce a, my wife. I'm coming to the house. I got a divorce lawyer. I'm divorced. Nah, I'm like, nah, nah, I'm nah, divorced. I don't know who you, I, I, I'm never. You know, once, <laughs> yo, once my I boy like, Sandler, I just, I just interviewed Sandler tonight. I interviewed and yo, tonight. you out tomorrow. Exactly. You, you know what? I'm mean, quick uh, before I get, before I give all my links. The, the the divorces that have caused me the most trouble, that have been rejected by the court. You want to hear this? Are the ones I've done for family and friends. Uh, all crazy. the other ones, smooth, straight down, straight across the board. Family. Or friends, the court will throw it back to say there's something wrong with this. You got to fix this, you know. And I say, and it's never failed. Hmm. So I've decided, nah, we cool now. So I ain't gonna do the other one. I won't even refer you to anybody, you know. But um, I'm not going through that. I'm not I, going listen, through that process. I put that out here right now. I'm gonna sleep in in Kennedy's room. I already told my wife this. <laughs> I'm like, listen, if it could be worked out, let's work it out. Mm-hmm. Cause I know we ain't not perfect. I snore. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, golf forgive me. I'm a part of that club. Man. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I probably you know done other bunch of things that my wife sighed out of me and like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So I, I guess I, for me, I'm, I'm. This is all new for me. My dad, he went. He it, it, it took him three times to get it right with my mother. They were divorced when I was nine, and then his second wife, and then his current wife, who he'd been with since the mid-90s. Okay, there you go. You know what I'm saying? So he got, you know, it took him three times to get it right. So I'm hoping, you know, it don't, it it just take me like, all right, I'm I'm looking at everything that's happened, and I'm doing the right thing. Um, I'm making sure I'm getting her Valentine's gifts and she likes Christmas, <laughs> even though I'm like, listen, we need to save this paper. Fuck it. I'm, I'm going to go to fucking, what, was, um, what is it called? Pandora. Pandora. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to Pandora and get it this bracelet. Damn, I got to save them some more overtime. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, just do everything to make her and the kids happy because I got all girls. When I come in the house, it's all girls. My next door neighbor is here. It's all women in the house. There's no, I don't have no male friends coming over. Every once in a while, 
my boy come through, but that's when no one's home. But for the most part, <laughs> I'm coming in the house, there's nothing but females. So it was just like, after a while, you just be like, you know what? These are my queens. You know, not princesses and other. These are all queens. I feel you. Wow. Yeah. You know what that's I'm dope. saying? That's dope. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about my wife and my kids. Yeah, of course, <laughs> of course. Sports. They're they're my queens, and I ha- as a king of the house, I have to play that part. Like you know, you said earlier, um, I just have to do what's morally right. And I have another queen who lives in in Massachusetts, you know, Boston. So that's my eleven year old. So I got to make sure she's all right. Um, yeah, it's a little bit, you know, the distance is a little bit like, oh, okay, yeah, all right. But this is the this is the life it is, and I try to do the best, you know, I can for right now and make sure she's all right until she's old enough to be like, you know what, I'm flying to New York. I'm doing it on my own, and I'm definitely hopefully she can come down this Christmas and uh, we could party and do all that good stuff. You know what I'm saying? 11-year-old. Take her downtown and stuff. Shop for her. you know. You know, yeah, I that'd be fun. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I'm saying. You know, you know. I heard they bring an FAO Swartz back. I don't know. You know <laughs> so, oh wow. Yeah. So I mean, I'm just rambling right now because I got the drink in my system. I got the new. You know, what I'm saying me and school, we haven't seen each other in a month. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying you know. Joker's been busy in their mind. He We've already know what I'm saying. You know? We've been busy in our mind. <laughs> but to but to wrap things up real right. fast. For our listeners, Premier, excuse Premier, me. Premier Paralegal. Premier uh, Paralegal. As, as a side, I also like to call it Premier Life Solutions. Pre- I was just about to get into that. Premier Life Solutions. Life Solutions. Helping people get their life back. Helping people get their life back. Maybe people may listen to that and be like, yo, what's this guy talking about? Hey, man, before you, you or hey, girl, before you got into that into that situation, that marriage, things were okay. Somehow, some way, things got a little crazy. You may have a kid involved. Salute to you and your blessing. Um, but there may be a time where you have to do a snip snip. And you may have to, you know, give a call. And um, that's why we have Sandler here on our show. Um, he blessed us with a few jewels. But obviously, if you are going through something, we want you to reach out to him directly so you could get some more knowledge and maybe follow through. Just um, to point out, Sandler, you handle over 30 divorces over a month, correct? That's correct. That's 30 correct. divorces. Now, real quick, um, I, I hear the divorce rate is high. Now, is that also because, not because people are just getting divorced, just like, oh, hey, you know, we're done. That's it. You know, we got into an argument. But also... Gay marriage is a part right. of that. That that's leads to the uptick, um, which may distort the. Wait, wait, the, wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, <laughs> back up. I'm sorry to break the the floor. Did you say gay marriages? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. gay oh. marriage. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I, gay marriages nah, are part I, of that. They out here. No, no, no. Nah, nah, this happening. Like, you know? I, I thought my ears was, you know, what I'm saying I'm like, there's nothing wrong with gay marriage. This is New York City. there is nothing wrong with gay marriage. I love is love. God bless you. But at the same time, they're adding those numbers into marriage numbers. So there's gay marriage a part of that. There's people that are trying to get into a country that may just get married with right, somebody from right, whatever right, really nilly. Right, true. We got people that go into the army so they could get some more money that they just tell Shorty, yo, come on, tag along so we could get this bread. And then we divorce once I'm done. You're touching on all those points. So I would say the true, like when I say true marriage, I mean two people that have fallen out of love or out of like or just want to go their separate ways based on what was considered legitimate circumstances up front. I would say that's more around that. 
absolute 40 to 50 percent rate Mm -hmm. but when you start introducing all those other components you know it looks crazy you know Mm -hmm. it starts looking like seven out of every 10 people Mm -hmm. you know and you'd be surprised how many people are married and you don't even know yeah you'd be surprised Mm -hmm. you're you're a close co-worker of yours you're going out chilling go to the bars and everything but meanwhile maybe if you get close enough to him like what you've been married for 18 years yeah but we just haven't lived together for nine of them yeah (laughs) everybody has their certain situations and people look at marriage some people Look at marriage as a business. Right. So um, now if you are find yourself in a business situation with marriage or you find yourself in a situation where, like I said, you just need to cut off uh, certain situations, I'll let Sandler take it from here. How can they connect with you and how can they get some more info? Thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity, uh, Scoob and Sean. Uh, if, if you've really tried to work it out, and I mean you've really tried to work it out and you've really decided it's time for you to get your life back and you're looking for the most affordable, the most efficient, and the, um, the best turnaround with respect to a divorce, I would say you can call us at Premier, and that will be at 718-360-2271. Instagram, you can uh, find us on I Love PP Legal. Uh, you can also find me at Sandler Speaks, or you can go to OneShotDivorce.com, OneShotDivorce.com, uh, New York's number one uh, divorce service. There you go, folks. You've heard it here in 36 Chambers of Fatherhood. Sandler, uh, again, thank you for stopping into our show. Thank you, Thank you, gentlemen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you you came on your show. I really wanted just to learn more about you because, um, you know, I heard on Premium Show that you're just a great father and all-around great dude, so I wanted you to be on the show to share that experience with us. But also, you know, unfortunately, divorce is, you know, part of life. Um, and I wanted you to kind of speak some jewels in some people and, you know, get yourself out there as well. Um, Thank you. I hope, not hopefully, but maybe someone will give you a call, you know, from our show and be like, hey, I have some more info, you know, I'd be hopefully for you to gain more business, but not hopefully for them, but you know. Well, the one thing I'll close out by saying, one thing I believe in both of you here and just experiencing this great atmosphere, this great, uh, this great vibe um, the best in your life, as well as for your listeners, the best in your life is yet to come. Hey, so I'm right. grateful. I'm grateful. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you, man. Any parting words, Sean? Um, we out here to collect. That's it, baby. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm out here. I got the new vodka in my system. New. You know what I'm saying? I might tag new in it and see what they talking about. See if we can get some of this ad sponsorship on there. <laughs> but other than that, man, I'm just doing the thing I like. Um, doing the things I like to do with my peoples. You know, good guests. You know, um, phenomenal partner. Same to you, man. This is a marriage. So when I say I love you, I can look at you in the eye. You know what I'm saying? Boom, right there. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? saying? Because, you know, we definitely, um, we closing out at the end of 2018. I mean, this was an idea that we had started in 2017. Mm. And now it's coming, you know, we've been building on it. When's the anniversary? Uh, February. February. Yeah, February. February. Yeah, that would be the first Feb- episode. You yeah, know? late February, late February. We oh, definitely, oh, oh, we definitely oh, oh, took oh. our punches. Well, you know? actually, I think you might have answered it in so many ways, but um, you know I got to ask I gotta ask the question before we go. Oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is a this is a standard question. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Some people take uh, it differently, but go ahead. Go ahead. All right. Um fade or timeout. In regards to discipline. Discipline. With your children. And well. And a fade is a tap tap, as my grandmother so affectionately called it. You know? 
I'm a I'm a fade dude all the way. Nice, I'm nice. Straight I like that. You should put the bass on that check, too, right? Check like to fade. That. Check like to that. fade. Check I like that. Fade, yeah. He's the first guest that said it. Yeah. yeah, like no man, I, I believe things up yeah. with the fade. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you you got to change lives somewhere or another. You yeah, know? <laughs> and pe- and people would would hear fade and time out and be like, yo, what do you mean beat my child? Like no, not beat your child. I knew exactly where you were. Right, yeah, I, yeah. We, you know, like I said, my grandmother affectionately called it tap tap. She would grab my hand, right. tap, tap. You know what I'm saying? Damn, this lady just that made was my, life, my That was yeah, life changing, yeah, right? Shoot, this sweet lady. I got her so upset that she had to leave a red mark on my hand. Same. You know what I'm saying? We're not talking about you giving the full suplex out on your kid. And, and you know, I'm sorry that there's some people that are out there that got that, but... No, is this a fade or a timeout? And you are a fade man. Fade man. Yes. Fade, fade man. man. Fade I like that. Fade Salute. Fade. There you go. Salute. But, uh, Yo, Sandler, man, thank you again. Thank you, family. Thank you. Thank you. Show, thank you. Great yeah. opportunity tonight. Yeah. I really appreciate your talent and your time. Thank Absolutely. You so much. Hey, uh, fathers out there, man, continue to be great. Continue to be the leaders in your family. Continue to be um, the partner uh, that your wife or your girlfriend or your uh, your 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 child's. Uh, mother needs you superhero. know superhero be that superhero man don't step out of the box don't don't uh stay in that box be be who you need to be be who society needs you to be all right trust me as you could tell from the guests that we have on the show especially with Sandler your children watch you whether they're a daughter whether they're a son they sit there and watch you they see how you move you are important in their lives continue to be that person and if you do fall off the path you know what it's all good we still have time you can still make that time up all right whether they're one years old to whether they're 30, you know, there's people that step into their kids' lives when they're 30. It doesn't stop. You are still someone there. Um, and also for the moms out there, hey, you know, if he stepped out, it, it sucks to be him. You know what I'm right, saying? Right, right, but it doesn't right, mean right. that you could go ahead and man shame, man hate. That was one man that that created, uh, you know, that situation. Your father may have been a dirtbag. That is one man that created that situation. If you have a, a, a boy or a girl, teach them to be great. Look for greatness in a partner. If you don't need a partner, God bless you, boo. That's how we're rocking. This is 36 Chambers of Fatherhood. 36 Chambers of Fatherhood. Outskis. We out here to collect. Peace. We out here to nice, collect, nice. baby. 36 Chambers.